It's pretty good. Now, okay, I'm going to tell you something. You ready? I'm going to give everybody just a minute. I'm not going to rush you, but I want you to look. I want these three rows to look over here. Y'all got work to do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How's everybody doing? Hey, man. So, have you ever thought about this? You know what one of the most frightening words in the English language is? I'm going to tell you. It's forgive. And here's the reason. You see, bridge builders, that's what we're talking about. It's a new series we're starting today. Bridge builders are people who are well acquainted with forgiveness because they are well aware of the forgiveness that God has offered them in Christ. Forgiveness is hard sometimes, isn't it? Especially if somebody's done you wrong. Brindley, you going to forgive your sister for leaving you at home this morning? I'm telling you, we've had some excitement this morning. Uh, but today we're starting this new series, and it's called Bridge Builders. And when you think of a bridge builder, you think of someone that designed a structure to allow people access from one point to another. Usually bridges are used to drive a car over. Have you ever, you ever come to a place where it says bridge out? <laughs> you don't go over it, do you? Because you're going to have some troubles, aren't you? Or have you ever gone over those bridges that are, um, uh, they're, I guess, a low water bridge so the water can still go over it? And you're thinking, man, is that safe? You know, I remember one time years ago when I was a teenager, we went camping and with our church, and, uh, and there was a, a, one of those low water bridges. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, is this, is this, can we get over there? And if, if we do, is the water going to rise while we're over there and not be able to get back? Because you know? we were out in the middle of the woods, and I mean out in the middle of nowhere. I, had no, I knew we was in, uh, I li- I'm from Russellville, and so I knew that we were north of Dover. And if you know where Dover is, uh, north of Dover... That's kind of scary out there, you know. Uh, it's, that's the woods. That's the deep, deep woods. And uh, so uh, those bridges can be scary. But if you don't have a bridge, you can't, it's hard to get to another point. It's hard to get to another place, isn't it? Because you need a way to get over there. You're like, if we, get, if we, if we just built a bridge, we could get there from here. And usually bridges are used for cars, but they're also used to walk, Right? as well. And one of the most famous bridges in the United States, you know what it is, right? What is it? What? The Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, California. The man by the name of Joseph Strauss, uh, S-T-R-A-U-S-S, I assume I, Strauss maybe, was the lead engineer for the Golden Gate Bridge. It took four years to build that bridge. And the bridge, get this, the bridge weighs 840 million tons. That's, that's, a heavy, that's some heavy structure, isn't it? Uh, but, we're, but we're not here to just talk about actual bridges today. 
We're here to talk about you and you being a bridge builder, okay? One of the most frightening words, I said this in the English language, it's actually the word forgive. And bridge builders are people who are well acquainted with forgiveness because they're well aware of the forgiveness that God has offered them in Christ. And when you look at our world today, you see many people that seem to store up bitterness, they store up hurt, they store up unforgiveness, they store up this pain. And you know, I could go on and on. And the truth is, our world needs Jesus. Amen? And they don't need just Jesus, but they need his message of forgiveness more than ever. We carry that pain a lot, don't we? If somebody done us wrong, we carry that with us. If we've done somebody else wrong, we carry that with us, right? And we have to understand that God has forgiven us because he loves us and he cares for us. He wants what's best for us. And so we have to learn to not only forgive others, but we have to learn to forgive ourselves as well. We all need forgiveness at some point in our life, whether we have done someone wrong or someone has done us wrong. And if you haven't already, the first step is to ask Jesus for forgiveness. And begin that today. That's the best best decision that you'll make today over anything else is to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. But there's a story about a boy. And he visits his grandparents and he gets his first slingshot. Anybody ever had a slingshot as a kid? Man, are those things, they're fun, aren't they? Because you can take that slingshot out, man. You can shoot it. You can set up targets. You can break stuff with it. <laughs> you can also get in trouble with a slingshot. Anyway, so he goes out in the woods, and he practices in the woods. But he never hits his target. I mean, he's just, he's off. You know, he's shooting out there. He's, he's missing everything, you know. But he's having a fun time. And so he's leaving his grandparents' backyard, and he sees this pet duck. And he's like... Huh. let's just try it. And so he rears back. To, he hadn't hit anything all day, so, you know, why not try hit this duck? Well, he rears back and boom, hits that duck. I mean, he hits it square right in the head, kills it dead immediately. And he's thinking, oh, man, I've done, I have done, done it now. I have killed grandma's favorite pet duck. I am in trouble. I am in so much trouble. And, and so he begins to panic. And he desperately, he, he takes the duck and he hides it in the wood pile. I mean, at some point that thing's going to start stinking, isn't it, you know? But he hides it in the wood pile, he's, he's getting in there. But guess who sees him do it? His sister. Oh yeah, she's over there seeing Johnny, he's, she's like, I got him now, I'm going to get him now. And so, uh, you know, after lunch that day... He thinks, man, everything's okay, but sister has seen what he's done. Grandma says, hey, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally says, uh, Johnny told me he wanted to help today. He wanted to help do the dishes. And then she leans over to him and says, remember the duck? So he's like, yeah, I'll do the dishes. And then later on, Grandpa asked if the both kids wanted to go fishing. And so they're both excited, but uh, Grandma says, hey, uh, uh, I, need, I need help with supper. Sally, I need you to stay and help with supper. And she turns and looks at Johnny and says, remember the duck? And Johnny's like, I'll do it. 
I'll help with supper. And again, you know, so they're going on. Sally goes fishing after several days of Johnny doing both his chores and doing all Sally's chores. He had done had enough. He'd had enough. He said, I'm done. I'm going to confess. And so finally, he goes to Grandma, and to his surprise, guess what? Grandma says, Johnny, I saw you do it. I've seen you this whole time. I just wanted to know how long it would take before you finally had had enough that you realized. And he goes, well, why didn't you get mad? And she says, because I love you. I forgive you. I'm not going to hold it against you. I was just wondering how long you're going to let Sally make you a slave. You see, the point of this story, we've all wronged someone or we've been wronged at some point or another. And guess what? It's probably going to happen again. Why? Because we're not perfect, right? Now, I'm not saying that you just go out and make everybody mad and and make everybody hate you and, and just make everybody's life miserable. That's not what I'm saying. My point is is that at some point in our life, some point or another, we have, hurt, we have hurt somebody or someone has hurt us, and guess what? It's probably going to happen again. And I'm not telling you that you just have to get over it. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we have to learn to forgive ourselves and understand that God loves us and He cares for us and He forgives us. Because, let's face it, we committed the most worst and heinous thing of all we've sinned right and Jesus went to the cross he died on that cross so that we could be forgiven now how could things be different in Johnny's story if he'd simply asked for forgiveness right away how could things be different in your story if you were to ask for or show someone forgiveness today think about those things think about those things how could it be different remember that no matter That it's not a matter of if, but when. I've told you this. It's not a matter if, but when. When will you need to be forgiven? When will you need to show forgiveness to someone? If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Colossians. It is one of Paul's letters to one of the churches that he ministered to. The church is named Coloss, or that's how I pronounce it. And it's on one of his missionary journeys. But I want to go to chapter 3. Of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 13. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, if you were to look at the Greek, and I don't expect you to go look at everything in the Greek. That's why I give you the Greek words. Uh, but if you were to look at the word bear, B-E-A-R in the Greek, I'm not talking about a grizzly bear or a black bear or any other kind of animal here. We're talking about bearing. Uh, it, it, it's, it, the word is aneko, A-N-E-C-H-O, which means to hold up or to endure. So Paul is telling us here that we need to hold each other up and endure with one another if there is a grievance between us. He also says that we must forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. And in verse 14, Paul adds a little word that all of us should use, and that word is 
love. Each of us should show forgiveness in love. One of the biggest reasons why we stop loving people is because we can't forgive them. There's truth to that. One of the biggest reasons why we stop loving people is because we can't Forgive them. Marital infidelity is one of the leading causes of divorce. According to a study from the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy, as many as 25% of married men and 15% of married women have had extramarital affairs. This causes hurt feelings, broken trust, and potentially irreconcilable differences. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have the right to be angry or hurt or lose trust in the person, not just in marriage, but in any relationship. But if you let bitterness tear at you, then you will not be able to move forward in your life. Do you hear me? And I believe that goes with yourself. If you cannot allow yourself to forgive yourself, do you hear me? Sure you made a mistake. Sure you messed up. Sure you did something wrong. But at some point, you have to learn how to forgive yourself because Jesus went to the cross and showed you forgiveness. Do you hear me? You can't carry that on your own. You can't carry and, and harbor unforgiveness towards yourself and towards other people. So how do we do this? Well, before the Golden Gate Bridge was built in 1933, they started in 1933 and it was completed in 1937, they would use a ferry boat to move cars across the bay. They would have several trips a day. And the one group of people that didn't want the bridge, does anybody know? It's the ferry boat drivers, man. That was their income. But finally... Uh, they, would, uh, they gave in and they okayed the bridge to be built. So what is happening, is, uh, what is keeping you from building a bridge in your life? What type of people or what type of things or what type of, of stuff that's going on in your life is keeping you from building a bridge in your life? Building starts with good blueprints, don't it? Me and my wife, we built a house. It's been almost eight years. Well, we've been in eight years, I guess. We've been in eight. It's been over eight years. It's a long time. Time's passed. But we've been in this house for just over eight years. And um, you know what they did when we first started the process? The builder, he came and we met with him. And he said, okay, here's some, here, we, we told him some things that we wanted. We want this and we want this and we want this, you know. And so he brought it in. He said, okay, this is the plan I have. And he said, we can adjust some to make it fit your needs. And so we started looking at it and said, okay, we want to do this and we wanted to do that. And, and so we wanted to, there was a few things that we wanted to change. For the most part, we wanted to keep it the way, the, we liked the plan they had, but we just wanted to tweak some things in our, in our part of the house, in the, in the master uh, bathroom and bedroom. And there was a few things we wanted to tweak. So they went and they fixed that and they brought it back to us and they said, okay, is this, is this to your stipulations? Yes, we like that, that's what we want. Then you know what they did? They took those blueprints and they created our house. Isn't it amazing how that happens? They had these plans and they were able to use those plans to build the house that we wanted. The house that we live in today. The house that fit our needs. The house that worked for everything that we needed. And can I tell you that if you're going to build a bridge in your life, then you need some a good blueprints, right? And Paul gives us a blueprint for the process 
of forgiveness. Now remember I said that the word bear in the Greek is a neko or a nec- A-N-E-C-H-O, which means to hold up or to endure with each other if there is a grievance or offense between you and someone else. And this is the place where so many of us just jump ship. It's so much easier to get rid of that person from our life, is it not? Well, that person done me wrong, praise God. I'm just going to remove them from my life. I don't need them no more. You ever notice that maybe if you have nobody in your life, it's because you kicked everybody out of your life that's done you wrong? At some point, we've got to have forgiveness. We've got to show forgiveness. It's much easier to get rid of a person from our life. It's easier just to avoid a difficult situation. But I thank goodness that is not the path that Jesus chose with all of us. Amen? Jesus could have said, man, all of those soldiers out there, they've done me wrong. Pilate done me wrong. Uh, Herod done me wrong. Excuse me. They all sent me for a crime that I did not commit, something that I didn't do, but he didn't. He said, I'm going to the cross, and I'm going to die for these people. I'm going to die for the sins of the world. And he showed all of us forgiveness. But I am so glad that Jesus didn't just throw me out. He became the ultimate sacrifice. See, he's not asking us to do that. He's not asking us to give up our life for one another. He's just asking you to forgive the person that's wronged you. And that doesn't mean that you have to be their best friend. It it means that we treat each other like human beings. We show kindness. We show forgiveness. And we can have different views in politics and still show love for one another. We can have different views in religion and still have love for one another. We can break up and and go our separate ways and show one another forgiveness and and love each other. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you who's this talking about who's the him the him is jesus you can cast all your cares cast all your anxiety cast all your unforgiveness your bitterness cast it all on him because he cares for you the process of forgiveness can be a difficult thing to accomplish but if we seek the right blueprint as we move from our old life to a new life in Christ we can take all our burdens and our anxieties to the cross there's a freedom in forgiveness amen there's a joy in reconciliation do you hear me choose forgiveness Forgiveness is wonderful, and just as it is wonderful, it's also true that resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness are horrible ways to live. Look at what Jesus says about unforgiveness in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 14 and 15. He says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If we choose not to forgive and we choose to carry the burden, hold the grudge, then we won't be forgiven by God. We can't hang on to that. There's a story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 7. It's actually, it's actually an actual event that happened in Luke chapter 7. But Jesus is talking. He's been invited to this party and he, 
he's there and a lady comes in and she starts, I mean, she starts washing his feet and just, I mean, she doesn't stop. She's overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. And it's in verse 40, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? You know, Simon replied, he said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? It's pretty interesting. I came into your house, talking to Simon. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who can even forgive sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus paints us a picture here of forgiveness. He uses this amazing story to give us something that we can relate to. We all understand borrowing and lending, don't we? We all understand that. You go to the bank or you go to an individual. You ask them, hey, can I borrow some money? They give you money and you in turn want to pay them back. If you go to the bank, you sign papers saying that you will pay it back in X amount of time. We understand the concept of borrowing and lending, and that's what Jesus is using here. He, he used the example of two different people, one $50, one $500. Think about that. If I had two people and I forgave both of you your debts, who's going to be more grateful? The person that owed me $500. That's a large sum. We can look at it in terms today. Let's say one of you had $100 that you owed me, and another one had $10,000 that you owed me. $10,000 is a large sum of money, but I forgave both of you. Who's going to be, who's going to have, show forgiveness towards me more? Are going to love me more? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The person that owed me more. We understand the concept of borrowing and lending. And how many times has someone wrong, wronged you? And the first thing that comes to mind when you want to restore the relationship is, well, they owe me an apology. Think about it. Somebody's done me wrong. I, want, I just want them to apologize. They just need to come and apologize to me. Really? Think about your sins for a moment. We commit sins every single day. Every single day we sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, don't it? That's what the Bible says. Every one of us sins. But I love that verse, Romans 5. Chapter 5, verse 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't sit there and say, hey, I tell you what, go repent of your sins first and then I'll go to the cross. He never said that. And yet we, do, we hold people in such a different standard when Jesus has given us the example and he's saying, this is how you do it. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Imagine if Jesus put parameters around what should be forgiven or what should not. 
Now think about how God forgives each of us. God holds back his anger, right? He bears with us over and over again. God meets us where we are in our sin to offer his grace and mercy. God always makes the first move to forgive. God continues to forgive us even though he knows we will continue to sin and sometimes the same sin over and over and over again. God will continue to reach out to us for reconciliation. There is no probation period with God. He is always ready to forgive. Do you hear Hear what I'm saying? We can never begin a forgiveness process if we put parameters on our forgiveness. I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget about it. Do you hear what I'm saying? You see, if we do this, then we all have done is made the gap larger and there's no building a bridge. But we have to seek to be more like Christ in the area of forgiveness. You probably won't get it all figured out. Do you hear me? It's probably going to take more than one time. It's going to be hard. It's not easy. But if it was easy, guess what? Everybody would be doing it, right? If it was easy, if forgiveness was easy, we'd all just be you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and we would be dancing with the daisies and we would just be having such a wonderful time and it would all be sunshine and roses and we would just all have a blast, right? But it's not easy. Life is not easy. It gets messy. It gets ugly. It gets nasty. But the first thing that we need to do is we need to learn how to forgive one another. Amen? We have to learn how to forgive. And I believe that it starts with ourself. Learning to forgive ourselves because God forgave you. There is no sin that you can do that God doesn't forgive you. Do you hear me? There are sins in our life that we have committed that God's shown you his love. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. We got to start somewhere. We got to start building any good contractor starts with good blueprints good plans and the example of jesus it gives us the best blueprint for forgiveness in the bible amen from genesis to revelation we're shown over and over again that love grace and forgiveness are what wins the day in the lives of people jesus is our example so joseph strauss he finished the golden gate bridge in 1937 And in order for him to complete this massive project during the middle of the Depression, he had long hours, tough work, thousands of workers, and most importantly, blueprints and plans that helped create this massive structure. As Christians, you and I were called to bind everything that we do together with love. And just like those workers that worked on that massive Golden Gate Bridge, they came together to build that massive bridge. We must come together to create a beautiful bridge that closes the chasm that we see in our world today using the blueprints that God has given us. It's going to be hard, y'all. It's going to require lots of work. It may even require other people to support you. But there is a peace when it is all done. Amen? 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ, this is the next verse from our text, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. See, Paul encourages us to forgive each other even if you think the person does not deserve it. Forgiveness has nothing to do with whether someone deserves it or not. It is all about grace. Forgiveness is at the forefront of what Jesus teaches us all. Jesus doesn't require anything. He paid the price for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus died on the cross for us to cleanse us from our sins. And the Bible, it's our blueprint of how we are called to bridge the gap. Forgiveness won't be easy But as we continue to live our lives for Christ, we can look to him as our contractor. I had a pretty good contractor that built our house. He's passed on now. And our house is solid. It hasn't fallen down. We've had storms come through. And can I tell you that if you will build your life upon the rock that is Jesus, that this house, this temple that you have, It won't crumble down. Even when storms come raging in, even when storms come just beating and battering and and bashing, you know, we've had some pretty good windstorms since we've been in that house. But you know what? We always felt safe inside that house. We did. We, we, we could go, even if there was a tornado warning in there. There was, what, several years ago, you know, there was a tornado that was around the airport. You know, y'all remember that when there was like four or five little tornadoes that were popping up all over Fort Smith and Barling? And there was trees being knocked down and everything. And, and, and I, I, tell the, I tell the kids to go get in the hidey hole. They know where it is, you know. And, and they, they went in there. And, and, of course, me, I'm the dummy. I'm in the backyard trying to see what's going on, you know. Looking out, is it coming, you know. But during these storms, we've, we felt safe in our home. We felt protected in our home. Why? Because it was firm. It was a good builder, Right? It was solid. It had a solid foundation. The walls were firm. The roof was in good, in good condition. Can I tell you that the Bible is your blueprint. God's the builder. He built the temple that you see before you. If you surrender that life over, even when storms seem to come and, and people do you wrong and things seem to happen to you, guess what? You can stand firm on the forgiveness that you have been shown from Jesus because you've made him the Lord of your life. He is the contractor of your life. He has all the plans and he's laid out all those plans for each of us today. So I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you some homework. We like homework, don't we? (laughs) I feel like we need some homework. First of all, I want you to make plans to come back next Sunday. That's, that's pretty easy, right? We, we just set our alarms for Sunday morning, get up, come church. And you need to join us each week during this series. We're learning to forgive someone. We're learning about different things, someone that's wronged you in the past. And so you need to be here. You need to be here to be a part of this. And then number two, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of someone that you need to forgive and extend that forgiveness to them this week. Oh, you may be sitting there and saying, man, that's hard to do. Pastor, 
you just don't know what they've done to me. Really? You're, you're right, I don't. But I know what God's Word says. I know what the blueprint for my life says. It says for me to forgive. Let me encourage you to call them up. Get on the phone and say, look, I know we haven't talked in a while, and you may not even want to talk to me, and that's okay. You don't have to talk to me. But I, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, look, I don't know if I've done anything to wrong you, and if I have, I'm sorry. Whatever it may be, I'm sorry. And maybe you're on the other spectrum, and you say, look, I know we had a conversation years ago And you may not want me a part of your life or whatever, but I want you to know I forgive you. For anything that's between us, I forgive you. And you need to wipe the slate clean. Make it clean. Choose forgiveness over anything else. And I promise you, life will get better. They may not receive it. It may be a horrible conversation. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, they may just start screaming at you or whatever over the phone. That's all right. There's an easy way to fix that. Click. You don't have to take the abuse. Do you hear me? You don't have to take the abuse. But you're extending that olive branch, if you would, and saying, look, I forgive you or forgive me, whatever it is. Start mending that relationship and let God start doing a work in it. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And there's another part to that that's found in Luke. I believe it's Luke chapter 6. I didn't look it up. But what does he say? He says what? Press down, shaking together, and running over. You say, oh, that has to do with give. You need to see the parts before that. It's not just about giving. It's about anything in your life. If you look just a little bit, forgive and you'll be forgiven is in there as well. He's lumping all of that in when he says this. He says, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. They used to go out in the fields, and they would glean the fields, and then after it was over, the poor people would go out into the fields, and they would get all the leftover. And because they were needing as much as they would do, they would get it, they would press it down, they would shake it, and then they would keep filling it up until it was running over in these baskets. That's what that's referring to. In other words, what this is saying is how often do you forgive? You forgive until you can't forgive no more. Until your deathbed, you keep forgiving. You don't stop forgiving. That's what Jesus was telling us. Is it easy? No, it's not going to be easy. But life isn't easy, is it? Sometimes it's very messy. It's very gross. It's very ugly. But we have to learn to forgive. Let's pray. God, we just love you. God, I pray for every individual that's here this morning, God. Every individual that's hearing you, that's hearing this message. God, I pray that they open up their hearts. And God, I pray if there's any bitterness, I pray if there's any unforgiveness, I pray if there's any hurt, if there's any shame, if there's any... uh, um, hard feelings or whatever there may be that's inside their heart and their life God I pray that they would let that go today that they would let that go today that they would release it into your hands God that as you're sitting there above them you're saying here let me take that burden let me take that load let me take whatever it is that they're carrying today
and that let them release it into your hands, Father. God, that as you love us and you care for us, you want the most wonderful experience for us. Move in our hearts, stir in our lives. Move in their hearts today, God. I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God is good, amen. Amen. Next week, we're going to be talking to continuing this series about bridge, being a bridge builder, closing those gaps. I want to give you some announcements, and then we're going to take up our offering. Um, first of all, let me say that we are, uh, we, I know I've been talking a lot about Speed the Light over the last um, several weeks, and we were at about $1,500. Our goal was at three, 3000 to uh, be able to provide um, Kindle fires for Bible students, those are $100 each, and we had, we had said that we wanted to give 30 of them, 